Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, film geeks. It's the last day of Black History Month and we're talking about Black film history let's talk about it ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry. 
history commentary. And today on this last day of Black History Month, we are going to do a mini deep dive sort of into early film history and the Black influence, so to speak. And it's honestly one of my favorite things to talk about. Honestly, when it comes to Black History Month, it's my only thing that I really like to talk about. Fun fact. So I actually hated Black History Month growing up. Shameful, I know. But it wasn't because I didn't like Black history or I didn't like talking about Black history. It was mainly a school thing, especially in middle school. I think once I got to high school, for me, it, it wasn't as it wasn't made as big of a deal as it was in middle school, but it was especially annoying for me in middle school because I felt like we never learned anything new. It just it was very repetitive and boring. We talked about the same thing every single year and I just did not like it, didn't care for it at all. So th- that's just how I felt about it. And I've kind of had kind of an annoyance towards Black History Month. Ever since then, it left a little bit of a scar until I got to college and I finally learned something new and I want to share a little bit of what I learned with you guys. So this past summer, Jordan Peele's latest film, Nope, came out and I actually kind of gave uh, a review. It's on my TikTok somewhere on what I thought of the movie. I I didn't care for it all that much. I thought it was very boring. The first kind of three quarters. And then that last quarter is when it really got interesting, but that last quarter just wasn't enough to pull it all together for me. However, there was something that I did find good about the film. Well, let me be honest. It, I enjoyed this and yet I was very irritated by it at the same time. So the movie starts off giving a little piece of, you know, trying to prove a point that black people have always been part of the film industry, which is true. This is, this is a new information. Um, just trying to kind of prove a point about black people in the film industry and using this old story, which a very true story, but it's, it's one of those, like, it almost has kind of an urban legendy feel to it whenever you hear it, but it's very true. Kind of the, the genesis of the film industry were a couple of guys making a bet. When a horse runs, does it come all the way up off the ground or does it always have two feet on the ground? You know, the turn of the century, I guess there wasn't a whole lot to argue about. But, you know, guys, we're really trying to figure out what happens. You know, one guy's like, no, when a horse runs, it comes all the way up off the ground. And the guy's like, no, they always have two feet on the ground. And they're like, well, let's prove it. So they go to a racetrack and they get a jockey to ride a horse and they line up cameras. Just, you know, you know, still photography cameras along the track and they get the horse to run. And as the horse is running, they snap photos. Have you ever seen like a picture book and you flip the photos and you can see movement? That's what that was. And they were able to prove that when a horse runs, it does at some point come all the way up off the ground. And that is the birth of motion picture. Moving pictures is what they called it. Now, the point that Uh, Jordan Peele was trying to make was that the jockey whom we never talk about is black. I don't know why we would ever talk about the jockey because that's not really the point of why we tell the story in the first place. The point was the guys that that really weird sense of innovation of saying, what if we took what if because that is the film industry in, in a whole in a nutshell is the question, what if what if we did this? What if we took some cameras, lined them up and just snapped them one at a time? And, you know, that way we could see what happens. That's the point of the story. If you ever learn this story in um, school or whatever, that's the point. You may or may not learn the names of the guys who came up with it. 
you're never going to learn who the jockey is, the guy who's riding the actual horse, because that's not really the point. It's all about the technology, that innovate, that sense of innovation that really birthed an industry, birthed an art form. That's why we learn it. But Jordan Peele's trying to make the point that the jockey is black. The truth of the matter is we really don't know anything about the jockey. But I digress. This is where Jordan Peele starts his movie. However, he never continues with this theme. Oh, and it's so irritating. I mean, he kind of keeps in the spirit of, you know, this is about black people and horses and whatnot and, you know, horses and, you know, black people playing kind of a behind the scenes role in the film industry, but he really doesn't stretch it out. There was so much he could have used with this little piece of film history and this metaphor, and he never ties it home until the very end of the movie, the very end of the movie, um, where you finally get kind of a full circle moment. If you've ever seen Nope, I'm guess I'm going to kind of spoil it a little bit, but there's a point at the very end where Kiki Palmer's character is trying to get proof of this thing that's kind of, you know, messing with them. And so there's this old school camera at this little, you know, amusement park, so to speak, this little attraction. And it works in the same way that you turn it and it snaps a photo. So that they kind of take this this old method of lining up the photos and kind of use it at the beginning end of the movie. The thing is, if you're not that familiar with the story or the method, if, or if you don't write, it's not going to tie home for you. He didn't do a very good job of really kind of tying that knot. Either you get it or you don't. And I thought that was such a sucky thing. That sucked. I thought if he had just like really emphasized it a little bit more and kind of brought it home, it would have been that much more powerful, but it was a bit of a let down. I got it. I recognized it. Um, I think anyone that's heard this story or studied it would have recognized it. But if you haven't, I think it would just been like a cool man. Oh, that's so cool. She's using the thing to take pictures and show proof of the alien in the sky. It's like, no, this is supposed to allude to the beginnings of black people in the industry. And uh, it, it's, it didn't kind of hit. Well, I did my TikTok review and I posted on Instagram and I think it was a comment on Instagram because at some point I had mentioned, I don't remember how I got into it, that, you know, black people have always been involved in the industry since pretty much the very beginning. You know, the industry itself is only a little over a hundred years old. You know, we take some of the shorter and smaller films that were made and, you know, shown at different theater houses and whatnot, but the genesis of the film industry, the film, the feature film that we know and love today starts with Birth of a Nation in 1915. So that is kind of the beginning mark when we're talking about, we always talk about those early films. I've seen many of them um, in film classes, but the Birth of a Nation, that kind of is the line in the sand. That, that's the beginning of, it was revolutionary, as racist as it is. If you've never seen it, I don't know how to make it make sense to you because I don't think you're really going to hear anything I have to say. You're just like, this is a racist film. It's tor Yes, it is all of those things. I was 18 years old the first time I watched it. I watched it in class, a college class. We watched the entire thing. It's a three-hour-long silent film. And context-wise, it's awful. It is so ignorant. And just, it's laughable. I think, you know, in 1915, this is something that might have resonated with audiences because many of them many of them thought this way. But this was 2006 when I was like 18 and a half years old. And we're living in a time where most of us don't think that way. So it was just laughable. So yeah, it was absolutely racist, but we weren't bothered in the slightest. We, and I had a very, you know, diverse class, as diverse as you can get in a predominantly white school, in, in a predominantly 
white major program, so to speak. I think we were probably one of the more diverse programs next to the business school, if I'm being honest with you. But we left. We we thought it was comical because we thought it was so ridiculous. Like, who thinks like this? This is so dumb. But it's when you think about that time period and where technology was, it's outstanding. It's incredible. It's it's why you watch it in film classes, because you can't study film history and not watch Birth of a Nation. I'm sorry. Suck it up. Get over it. Get over it. You can't do it. I don't know what to tell you, but it's not so much the context for which you watch the film, but it's the early use of film technology. The way it's done in that film is just out of this world. You have to kind of put yourself in that mindset of 1915. They've never seen anything like this before. And this is really the first big feature length film in the States. And this is, and it creates this brand new art form, the feature film, and we have this brand new industry. However, in, in spite of how innovative the film is, it left such a stain because of the subject matter and because of the content, this r- deep, dark, nasty ass racism. Just terrible, right? And that's kind of where we get to now and not now, so to speak, but like there's this new emergence of film that starts to come out, not so much in response to the film itself, but more so a response to the portrayal of Black people in Birth of a Nation, where they're portrayed as animalistic, savages, uh, rapists, um, just just animals, basically. Um, Giving, you know validation to what so many people thought of black people during that time. And you had a lot of different filmmakers, production companies, black owned film production companies, black directors, black writers, black filmmakers who are wanting to show black people as they are representation. This is where representation for black people in film started. It kind of started with birth of a nation, giving people this ignorant, an incorrect impression of Black America, and you have Black filmmakers saying, no, let us tell you the truth. So let's talk a little bit about that. I come out of high school and middle school, just kind of over Black History Month, just done with it because I was sick of learning the same thing every single year. You know, the usual players, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Frederick Douglass, Harry Tubman, just the usual, like tell me something new, but no one would tell me anything new. So I was just kind of done with it. Like, can we just get through February in peace? I'm tired. So I graduate by the grace of God, go to college. I go to UNC Greensboro. Greensboro, North Carolina is famous for these sit-ins. If you live in a place where history of some kind, something significant has taken place, then you know that it just hits a little different when you live there. It's, it's, it's a little more personal. You can feel it differently in a way. It's, it's a little more real. It's more than just a story. It's a part of your heritage in a way. And I got to get a little piece of that in college which I thought was super cool. But one thing I did like about college was that although there were so many different things going on, I did not have to be part of it. 
I got to pick and choose where I wanted to be in terms of different events happening on campus. Whereas in high school, if there's an assembly, I have to go even if I don't want to, but I could pick and choose. So I figured eventually because there, while it is a predominantly white institution, um, it has a, it's Greensboro, North Carolina, which has, you know, a side, nice size black population. And I, I felt like great UNCG did as well. I can't remember the exact numbers, but just from my visual memory, we were very much present. So I knew there would be things going on and I knew there would be multiple things going on. So I would get the opportunity to kind of pick and choose what I wanted to see, what I wanted to be a part of. Well, I get through my first semester of college. It was great. Get into my second semester of college. And this is spring 2006. And I take my first real film class. Second week of class, we watch Birth of a Nation, D.W. Griffith's 1915, three hour long silent film. Like I said before, we were 18 years of age watching this and we laughed through it. Like no big deal. Uh, no one, you know, cried. No one got upset. No one got offended. Like it, the concept in and of itself that black people are the enemy and the Klan are the heroes. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So we laughed through it. The very next week, we watched a documentary that kind of touched on the aftermath of the birth of a nation. And just kind of seeing how this movie really just shook things up in a negative way. And in a sense, a sort of positive way because even out of the ashes of this film, something beautiful did rise. Now we, we can't say for sure whether or not race films directly influenced were directly influenced by birth of a nation. But I think the portrayal of black people in birth of a nation had a lot to do with this, the, the content that was created. So what are race films? Race film is a genre of films that was between 1915 and about 1952. It is a genre of film. These films were produced by black people for black audiences. So when I say they were produced by black people, I mean, black writers, producers, directors, cinematographers, producers, like the whole nine yards. These were black owned production companies, black directors, black writers producing content, movies, films, narratives, stories about black life for black audiences. Why? Because the representation that was presented in films like Birth of a Nation was just so negative that there was this, this, this yearning for something true, not just positive, but true. That's, that's where representation started here. It wasn't just, you know, putting as many black faces on the screen as possible, even when it doesn't make any sense, but making sure that when we're talking about black people in film, we're showing something accurate. And that's what a lot of race films were. So in the middle of learning about this, this emergence of black filmmakers, because we're talking 1915, right? So this is the birth of the film industry. So when I say black people have always been part of this, we've always been part of this. Again, the film industry itself is not that old. So in the middle of this, you have this man named Oscar Micheaux. Oscar Micheaux is widely considered to be the godfather of black cinema, one of the first major film directors. He produced over 40 films from about 1918-ish to about uh, like the 40s, roundabout. So yeah, from about 1919 to 1948. So 
Oscar Michelle, who is this dude? So when I learned about this dude, I became obsessed. He is my favorite person to talk about with respect to Black history. I think he's so cool. Why? Because what I was itching for from teachers was proof, confirmation that we did more than what they were talking about. We did more than, you know, free slaves. We did more than give big speeches. We did more than say no to a white man because we didn't want to move to the back of the bus. We did more, even in the small little mundane things of life, like writing novels and creating movies. I I wanted to know that stuff. And I got a little bit of that from Oscar Micheaux. So I became obsessed with this dude who was born January 2nd, 1884 in Metropolis, Illinois. He was the fifth of 13 children and his father was born a slave in Kentucky. Father was born a slave in Kentucky. I kind of just keep that notion in your head. So think about this for a hot second. So a lot of these slaves who were freed, you know, after the Civil War, you know, they've been working farms. They were working in kitchens. They were raising children, teaching lessons, preaching, working in businesses as apprentices or what have you in factories. So a lot of work ethic, a lot of hard work, a lot of skill. And once they were freed, they were freed from slavery. They were able to take these things and build their own lives and then pass this work ethic down to their own children. And that's who Oscar Micheaux was. He was a hard worker. Man loved to work. Man loved to hustle. And once he was able, he was traveling all, all over the place. Chicago, St. Louis. He was a Pullman porter for a while made his way to Iowa at some point, but really things started to shift for him when he made his way to Gregory County, South Dakota, where he became a homesteader. Homesteaders were people who basically bought up a lot of land. This was usually like public domain or government property, and they worked that land. They might have, you know, farms, whatever, what have you. It was theirs to do whatever they wanted with it. And during his time on this, you know, wide open space, he decided he wanted to write. He used his experiences as as a homesteader in South Dakota as inspiration. And he wrote his first novel in 1913 called The Conquest, The Story of a Negro Pioneer. And basically it's kind of autobiographical in a sense because it's about his life as a pioneer. The protagonist is actually named after him, Oscar Devereaux, Devereaux being his middle name. And this was the start of something brand new for him, being able to kind of share his story through print. He released this first book um, anonymously. You know, in spite of his hard work, he was still a Black man living in a very, you know, segregated, racially intensive time period. So the things you had to do to find success. Well, he ends up writing another novel in 1918 called The Homesteader. And this got the attention of a dude named George Johnson, George Johnson was a manager or one or if not the manager of a little production company called Lincoln Motion Picture Group. Lincoln Motion Picture Group was a black production company that started at around 1916-ish is when they really started producing movies. They produced a couple of films between 1916 and 1921, and these were race films that really focused on the black middle class. And, you know, George Johnson got wind of his book, The Homesteader, and wanted to adapt it for the screen. And Oscar Micheaux was kind of down with it, but he really wanted to be directly involved in it. He wanted to really have his foot in it, and Johnson wasn't really having that. And so Oscar Micheaux said, well, never mind. 
So he decided, well, I'm just going to find, you know, create my own company. So he created the Michelle Film and Book Company out of Sioux City, Iowa. And the first film he created was The Homesteader. And this film, unfortunately, is lost. I don't think there's a way you can watch it, but he did it. He did it. And this film came out in about 1919. So this man, you know, went from son of a slave, son of a former slave, you know, living on a farm, fifth of 13 kids, hard worker, hustling all over the Midwest, settling as a homesteader, writing a novel about his life. And now he is a film producer and director. Creating his own way. So we get to about 1920, right? And this is about five years after the birth of a nation. And he comes out with a movie called Within Our Gates. Now, a lot of people will argue, it it all depends. A lot of people seem to think that this was a direct response to the birth of a nation. I'm not so sure. But I don't think this was a response so much to the birth of a nation. But I think it was a response, like I said, to the portrayal of black people in film as, you know, something below dirt. But something that was really important to Oscar Michaud is that he really wanted to show black people as they were. He wanted to really change the way people saw black people, that we weren't just impoverished, that we weren't, you know, just less than, that we weren't animals, we weren't apes. We were we were human who were building our own lives, who had our own middle class. He really wanted to show the world the black middle class. And so a lot of his films really focused on that. Normal, everyday black people, no more different than white people living a middle class life. This was representation at its very, at its infancy. Because now representation looks a little bit different. Representation is all about putting as many black faces on the screen as possible, even if it doesn't make sense. But representation, when it started, was not so much about showing enough black people, but showing something true. So that we had kind of representation in Birth of a Nation, even though it's white people in blackface, but it's ignorant. It's wrong. It's incorrect. So Oscar Micheaux was like, no, if I'm going to show black people in my film exactly as they are, I want to show them as they are, as successful, as smart, as educated, you know, building businesses, building real families, raising their children. And this was so important to him. And it birthed something beautiful. And out of his innovation came this is what helped to expand this genre of race films. So what a legacy that this man has led. He is an incredible human being and he's one of my favorite people to study, not just because I enjoy film, but I think just the way he worked so hard and the way he really created and paved a way for so many people within the film industry is incredible to me. And I love talking about him. He was a big fan of Booker T. Washington. I think if you ever study Black history and death, you have two different types of Black people. You have Booker T. Washington Black people. You have W.E.B. Du Bois Black people. Now, your Booker T. Washington Black people are going to be your Black people who are more education, hardworking, building businesses, building families, you know, 
yes, we had, you know, a struggle in the beginning, but there's nothing we can't do. That was kind of his mindset, the spirit of Booker T. Washington. And that's the way he lived his life. That's the way he built his business. That's the way he wrote. That's why he created, created films. And so within our gates, you can actually, if I'm not mistaken, you can watch that on YouTube. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. A lot of his films kind of follow uh, a very similar theme because they do, you know, push kind of the black middle class. Some of them kind of push this homesteader life, which he was very familiar with as an adult and even as a child working and growing on a farm. And a lot of his films really kind of highlighted the one drop rule, so to speak. So it was always someone who was a man who might've been in love with a woman who appeared white, but it turns out that she was actually like a quarter black or something to that effect. But that is the legacy kind of, of Oscar Michaud. So what other race films were there? Where can you watch them? Where is the industry now? Let's talk about that for a hot second. So what is my point in all of this? What is the overall point here? Why do I want to tell you all of this? I could have talked about anything. I could have taken a movie and reviewed it. But no, I want you to understand we've always been here. So if you're black and you're listening to this and you've been told that, you know, our presence in the industry is minuscule. No, 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 home slice. We have been here since the beginning. Again, the film industry forever has been a DIY industry. Do it yourself. If you can get the money for it, you can make it happen. And black people have been doing this since the jump and they weren't doing it, trying to get into Hollywood. They decided, well, we can't get into Hollywood. So we'll just create our own. So they created their own genre of movies. They built their own production companies. You know, you had pioneers like Zora Neale Hurston and Oscar Michaud producing, directing and writing their own movies for their own audiences, you know, making sure that people could see them as they were, true representation. And then we get into talkies and that just shifted and changed the industry in probably the best and worst way because that meant that people who were making movies before, they had to adapt and learn. And if they would, they couldn't adapt, death. It's adapt or die at this point because before you could film up to a thousand different pictures side by side on a lot you can't do that anymore because sound is now in sync which means everyone needs their own space and that means coming up with new ways to make sure that the camera that's a thousand degrees loud isn't being heard through that microphone so everything shifts and everything changes and people have to adapt or die and so a lot of the pioneers that were making things happen during the silent era they had to fall off a little bit but you had some people who survived and oscar michelle was one of them and then you have uh, Gone with the Wind in the late 1930s and Hattie McDaniel wins an Oscar. Now, the Oscars at this point were barely a decade old. That's aside the point. The fact is that in a se- in a segregated time when there was still very much black people over here, white people over here, when Hattie McDaniel couldn't even walk through the main entrance to go into the award show, she was still recognized as by her peers, by her white peers as the best from that year. She did that. She did that. And not even 20 years later, we get Sidney Poitier. 
about 30, no, not even about 20 years later, we get black exploitation. We get Shaft. We get Foxy Brown. And then the next de- decade, we get Steven Spielberg, who decides, I want to tell this story. It's beautiful, even though it was shut out. We're not going to talk about it. The color purple. And then you have Spike Lee with Do the Right Thing and taking a, a almost comical and colorful spin on race from his Brooklyn perspective. Cause a lot of the race that we were seeing was from a very Southern perspective, but he's not from the South. He's from New York. So we get this kind of New York spin on race relations where it's not just black versus white, but it's black versus white versus Hispanic versus Italian versus Irish, something new and extra. And it's a spin. And then the next decade we get black films that kind of show a different black experience because it's not about the black middle class anymore, but it's about, the lower class. It's about Black people in poverty. It's about Black people struggling with gang activity, Black people struggling with drugs. So you get that one movie that I can never remember the title of, New Jack City. Thank you. With Ice-T, Chris Rock, you get um, more Spike Lee joints. You get Friday, Bad Boys, Boys in the Hood. And then we come into the 2000s and you have this man who's basically homeless, who starts writing plays and he takes his plays and he turns them into movies. And then from there, he creates his own production company, Tyler Perry, if you don't know who I'm talking about. And we've always been here. And that spirit of innovation and doing it yourself has always been there. I don't know why it was so important for me to hear this. I don't know why this specific point I needed to hear it. Maybe it's because I'm little old me and I'm not good at speeches and I'm not good at, you know, freeing slaves because no one's a slave anymore. So who am I going to free? I don't ride the city bus. So I'm not going to tell someone, no, I'm not going to move to the back. I'm not that person. I'm just little old me who likes to write and watch movies who likes to be creative in that way. So hearing that black people have been creative in this art form that I love since the, since the very beginning shifted something in me. And I'm hoping, 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 hoping maybe just maybe that it shifted something for you. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave a little bit about my favorite black history fact. I would love to know in the comment section somewhere, what is your favorite black history fact? Everybody has one. Um, And every time I ask this question, I always learn something new because everyone has something they're very passionate about and something that they focus on. And there's always something there that's something no one else has ever heard of. So share it. I want to hear it. Let me know in the comment section your favorite Black history fact on this last day of Black History Month has been very, very fun. So this is going to be a very busy week. Just kind of give you an idea of what's coming up. So an Emily, there are going to be uh, two reviews coming this week. It's a busy, busy week. So by the time you hear this, you'll also notice there is an episode of the SAG Awards, kind of a mini recap. Uh, after that, you'll hear this one. And then probably Friday, no, definitely Friday, definitely Friday, you're going to get a review for the movie Emily, which I saw this past Friday. And you're also going to get a review for the movie Creed 3, which I am seeing Thursday. This Saturday, I'm insane. I am going to see the new Children of the Corn remake. So this is a movie that was actually released. Well, completed, I should say. Well, released, yeah, because it went to, I think, a little film festival in Sarasota, Florida in 2020. 
So it was pretty much shelved the entire pandemic and it was just picked up for distribution. So it's going to have a small like 18 day theater run and then it's going straight to shutter. So lucky me, there are two showings um, that are not sold out that are going to be on Saturday at least I think that's what my ticket said. I should probably check. I just know it's like seven something in the evening. So I will be going to that. And I'll let you know what I think. And then next week is Scream 6. I'm so excited. So if you want kind of a complete list of movies I'm either going to see or hoping to see in the month of March, reviews that you can expect or look out for, please go to my Instagram page. And a new post is just kind of a list of films and reviews to be on the lookout for this coming month. God, y'all, March is already here. This year is going by so fast I just needed to slow down and so I can at least catch a breath but I hope you have a lovely day I hope you have a lovely week I will see you guys on Friday want to advertise on this podcast check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode 